0: This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. Extraordinary results become possible when you are clear on what you are saying yes to. For those of you who have been practice leaders of The One Thing in our community for the past several years, As you know, we can't say yes to everything. What we do need to do is take a page from our childhood. When we used to line up dominoes, we understood that the path to knocking them all down was not to stand them up randomly and flick them one at a time. It was to stand them up, line them up, and whack away at the first one first. Yet for a lot of us, when you hear of the idea of the one thing, there's doubt because we think we have more than one thing. That's why we are doing today's episode. The person you are going to meet is a best-selling author who wrote a book that is very compatible to the one thing. It's called One Word That'll Change Your Life. Every year, this person identifies one word that he is going to focus on. A word that brings purpose to what he does. And he uses that one word every single day to bring clarity to his actions. Our hope is that as you listen to this, it'll give you a new angle to bring focus to what you say yes to. With that, let's get into this conversation with the best-selling author of multiple books, including The Energy Bus, and one word that will change your life, John Gordon.
1: Eating healthy is an investment
0: John, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Hey, great to be with you, Jeff. Where did this idea for one word come from? Well, I wish I could say I came up with it, but my good friends,
2: Dan and Jimmy, Dan Britton, Jimmy Page, they've been doing it for over 20 years now. And every year they would come up with a word for the year. They would actually make paintings of their words. They would do it with their families and they would share pictures of these words. Well... They told me this idea when we became friends. I loved it. I started sharing it in my talks. So I would speak to Clemson football. I would talk about it there. Other teams I've worked with, companies, and everyone just gravitated towards the idea of of one word. Like New Year's resolutions do not work. Nine out of 10 people will fail with a resolution. But one word is what sticks. We remember one word and we can do one word. So just got such a powerful response. And so then... They came to me and said, hey, we should do a book, one word. And we did this book. But at first I said, no, like, I don't want to do this book. You guys do it. I'll write the forward. And they said, no, no, we want to do it with you. You've been championing this idea. So then I said, okay, fine. And we almost didn't write the book because we were debating different chapters. And I felt bad that I wanted to edit stuff. And I said, guys, I want to edit things out. I like to simplify. I know you're big on simplifying. I wanted to simplify and focus. I said, the book's going in too many different directions. And they said, it's okay, John, don't feel bad, make us better. These are the two of the greatest guys on earth. So we wind up doing this book and then it just became a movement where a lot of people started doing the word more and more, but it came from them. And Dan will tell you, he and his good friend, they were, uh, I forget the guy's name, but they were uh, Stevie. He and Stevie were were driving down the road and Stevie shared how he was was just going to focus on one word, one thing for that year to simplify and to focus. Dan loved the idea. They did it together. Dan then shared it with Jimmy, who are best friends, and then they basically took it from there.
0: So for, for people who are not familiar with your book, One Word That Will Change Your Life, how would you describe what it is? Well, it's
2: really the concept of picking a word for the year that will help you be your best. One word that will give you meaning and mission, passion and purpose. So every January... You pick a word for the year. If you haven't done this yet, you can pick it right now and live it out Mm -hmm. for the rest of the year. But you pick a word. And a lot of times you let the word pick you. You just ask, hey, what's in the way? What's holding me back? What do I need to focus on right now? Just be open. And the more you open, a word comes to you. It happens all the time. I don't know how. Totally just happened
0: for me. Like, not even hard. It just, boom, it was right
2: there. Boom, yeah, a lot of times, boom. You'll see it. You'll hear it each year. My word comes to me in different ways. And I know when it's my word. And then you pick that word. And then the goal is to live that word for the year. You keep it front and center. One year, I picked the word purpose. I wanted my purpose to be greater than my challenges. Another year was rise. I was dealing with a lot of health issues and I wanted to rise above and rise to a new level of health. And so for me, the word was rise. The key here is it's the why behind the word, not just Mm. the word itself, but why did you choose it? And it's the why that gives the word power. So the goal is you pick a word or you let a word pick you. You then try to live that word. It's not a competition and it's not on some scale or some performance metric where, oh, I didn't do well this year with my word. You do your best. At the end of the year, you don't redo the word because it didn't go well last year. You pick a new word for the next year. And then I can see over, over time, like in my life in doing this, how the words I chose shaped me and molded me. And impact me, and they basically became the chapters in the story of my life. That's the power mm-hmm. of one word.
0: I love that. Give us an example of a year where you chose a word, and it actually did change your life. Every year, though, but the biggest change came
2: from from I was gonna say surrender. That was a big year, but serve. Mm. So my wife was really struggling. My kids were struggling, they were not doing well. My son was a competitive tennis player. My wife was taking my son to all these matches around the country. My daughter was in high school. She was not doing well. And what am I doing? I'm on the road, speaking everywhere and anywhere, doing this work, making a difference. But my team at home was struggling. And so my wife said, we need you at home. Like, you got to stop traveling. I can't do this by myself anymore. And I said, fine, I'll, I'll come home. And honestly, at first I said, I'll come help you do your job, which is not a smart thing to say to your <laughs> wife. That did your not wife, go. Your wife did not respond well to that. that. That did not go over well. We wrote a book called Relationship Grit, which is about our ups and downs, and that was definitely a down moment. I want to be honest and transparent about that. We share everything in Relationship Grit: our full story, our mistakes, our flaws. Actually, my mistakes and flaws. She didn't really have any. So that year became a year of service. And after saying that and being a jerk, I said, okay, I'll do it. And then I really wanted to focus on serving. Like I admit, it was the hardest year of my life. In the beginning of the year, I wanted a different team because they were not a strong team. I'm like, what's wrong with these people? They were not doing well. But after spending time at home and really serving them, because I went from about 15 engagements a month to two, Hmm. turned down a lot, I never canceled anything, but I just basically said, I'm not accepting any more gigs during this time. And only did about two engagements a month. And now I'm basically home with my family all the time. And I began to serve, began to do the laundry, began to take my daughter to school, pick her up from school, would bring her food for games, for, for lacrosse. My son taking to a match, encouraging him things that I was gone a lot for. Now I'm home Helping my wife in every way and any way. I made this pact with myself. Whatever she asked me to do, I had to do. Hmm. I didn't tell her that, by the way. It was my own pact with myself. But she would ask me to do something and I did it. And every boat in my body wanted to focus on me. But at the end of the year, what I realized was, I was at my best when I focused on we. And she said to me at the end of the year, like, what's going to be your word next year? Selfish? Because I've never seen you do so much. I said, no, it's it's now a part of me. And I have to say, in literally changed me as a leader, really made me a servant leader. I went from speaking about positive leadership and positivity, which for me at the time was all about positive thinking, positive mindset. And as I wrote this book, The Power of Positive Leadership, it became all about a positive state of action to serve others, to help others, to be a positive influence, to make a difference. What does that look like? Communication, connection, commitment, caring. And so I could have never written that book if I didn't do that work at home and become that person and become that leader. So it literally transformed me. And after that, I wrote The Carpenter, The Power of Positive Leadership. Every book I wrote after that became a bestseller. And I'm not saying because I became a better writer. I became a better person and a better leader who was now walking the walk and doing it. So serve is still a part of my life. But that year really was, I can really define how my family got stronger, how my marriage got stronger. And after that, I wasn't saying anything stupid anymore. Like I'll do your job. My wife will tell you that that first part of the year, I'm like, oh, this is easy. This is not a problem. Oh, I'm glad to do this. Well, after a few months, the repetition and the having to do it over and over again, that's the grind. And that really yeah. makes you appreciate, makes you appreciate what she does. The funny thing is, since we were relationship grant, my wife is now starting to do some speaking and things like that. And she's like, wow, I didn't realize how hard your job was.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hearing a few things here. And, and one, as you said, by the end of the year, it just became a part of you. And the people who follow this podcast know, you know, you do not decide your future. You decide your habits. Your habits decide your futures. What I'm really hearing is that it ultimately became a habit of yours to the point that it was just a part of you, it became part of your identity and it's how you've been moving forward. I'm curious, what was getting in the way of you serving at the beginning? Hmm. Yeah, just
2: quite honestly, speaking on the road so much, feeling like that was my number one job and my number one mission. I even said to my wife, like, this is my mission. I have to go out there and impact the world. She's like, no, you need to impact our family at home. Like we need you. And I thought leadership was about leading people in the world. But what I learned and what I discovered, and what I'm so glad I found out was that I had to lead the people at home first. So what was getting in the way was my drive to be successful as a writer and speaker, but also with a mission to make a difference and getting caught up in that mission where you're doing, 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 but maybe not restoring Mm -hmm. your home life. I was focused on, again, making a difference. So I wasn't being selfish and it really wasn't about ego. It was really this need of, Hey, I got to get out there and do this. And I got to go impact. Mm -hmm. And this really drew me back to what's most important. So who are the people that are going to be crying at your funeral? And first and foremost, it's your family. They're the ones that they're gonna miss you more than anything. Other people will miss you, but not like your family. Mm -hmm. So what was getting in the way was definitely my lack of focus of what matters most, but I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do and everything was going well along the way until all of a sudden my wife hit this road bomb. She was taking it all on and it was fine. It wasn't like she was having challenges, but once she started having challenges, then it got exposed that I wasn't taking the time to invest. And it made me realize, and I discovered how much she was actually doing.
0: when we come back from the break, I want to dive into the steps that you take to actually implement that one word. Welcome back. John, you know I, people can pick up a copy of one word that'll change your life to to learn more about this. But if somebody has clarity on what that word is for them, what are some of the steps that you have learned to take? to allow that word to bring more focus to your daily actions? Well, the key is clarity drives focus actions. You know that
2: better than most, right? Of course, that's the work you do. Clarity drives focus action. So one word is the lens in which you see the world. And it's meant to simplify. It's meant to focus. It's meant to help you identify each day what matters most. It drives your actions. Serve. How can I serve, right? I want to serve others. How will I do that? In years past, my word was pray one year, okay? That drove me to pray more. Another year, it was surrender. Okay, I got to surrender. I got to stop trying to be in control of everything. And so how do I focus on living a surrendered life? Funny thing is I wanted enjoy to be my word that year. But I jumped into the ocean New Year's Day which I do every year to remind myself to live with faith instead of fear. I jump in with the idea that enjoy is going to be my word and I hurt my knee. <laughs> and as I'm walking out of the ocean going, are you kidding me? Not, I don't want to start the new year like this. Like I'm going to enjoy my year this year? I literally heard the words, you can't do it alone. And I knew surrender was going to be my word for that year. And I picked surrender and it caused me to let go of control, which was major for that year. So each year you pick a word and then it allows you to focus on what matters most. So practically, what do I do? Serve. I basically said, what are some ways that I can serve to put this into action? Okay. At home, I can do the laundry. And I started doing the laundry every day. Funny story about that. My son was at the chiropractor. I was at one of those engagements that I was doing, one of those two or three that I was doing, and he was uh, injured. And the chiropractor said, so where's John? My wife said, oh, he's at the World Leaders Conference speaking with all these famous people. And the chiropractor said, well, John's kind of famous. And my son said, not in our house. He does the laundry. (laughs) So at least he was noticing I was doing the laundry. But I was doing that. And that made a big difference. So my wife basically needed help with little things. And it was those little things that made a big difference. But I was looking to serve. Then when I was on the road, those few engagements I did do, I looked for ways to serve. And it was, I'm going to help with people on the plane. I'm going to help them put their luggage in the overhead bin and help it take it down. So I still Mm. do that to this day. People go, do you work for the airlines? But I do it all the time. And it's just a way to put that service into action in a practical way. Mm. And then I said, I'm going to serve others. So whoever reaches out and has a question, social media, online, I'm going to respond to that question. I'm going to look to serve. So you find practical ways to live your word and to put it into action. That's really the key. But then also you want to keep that word front and center. Uh. So we recommend a one word rock a one word coin, a one word necklace, put one word on on your phone, put it as your screensaver, whatever it is for you, find a way that you see it front and center as a reminder to live your word for the year.
0: Yeah, I I wasn't this purposeful around one word, but last year when I opened up my um, I have a one thing planner and the first thing it asks is what's your one thing for the year? And when it when it asked me that, I stopped into my tracks and I really thought about it. And and I wrote down, it's to become the type of person who helps others get what they want first. Mm. If I had to give a word for that, it was empathy. And I knew that I had to form the habit of being more empathetic because it was just putting a ceiling over what was possible in my marriage and my relationship with my kids as a leader, absolutely everything. And it literally took me 218 days of every single day, demonstrating empathy once a day when I naturally wouldn't have before it just, became natural and I've carried it through. But like you said, it was on my planner. It was on my 411, which is a tool that we have to have clarity on our priorities. It had to be front and center because I had to be confronted with what I said I wanted to do. Otherwise, I would just default to what I'd always done.
2: And that's why one word and the one thing are so perfect for each other because it's that one thing that gives you clarity. Clarity Mm -hmm. generates focus actions one word helps drive your one thing. So when you ever, whenever you pick a one thing, your one word will help you remember it and focus on it and then live and breathe it each day. So it really is a great tie-in. and I love that you help people focus on their one thing because distractions are the enemy of greatness. And so distractions are always coming in. How do we tune out distractions? Well, one word is just a great tool to help people implement their one thing.
0: So let's dive in there because we know one of the thieves of productivity is the inability to say no. And oftentimes it's because they're really not clear on what they should be saying yes to. I'm curious in your experience living what you teach, how did it help you start saying no more often?
2: Well, you have to identify what matters most. Once you understand what matters most and what are you devoted to, your devotion drives your discipline. Mm. So the more devoted we are, it drives our discipline. Pavarotti was asked about his discipline. And he said, everyone thinks it's discipline. It's not discipline, it's devotion. He was so devoted to his craft, it drove his discipline. So your purpose has to be greater than your challenges. What you are focusing on, the purpose of why you're doing it, the love you have for it, has to be greater than the distractions that you face. Also, your vision has to be greater than your circumstances. So where am I going? Why am I going there? And why do I love doing it? If you are focusing on those bigger things, that helps you focus on overcoming the daily distractions. But you still have to have the discipline to just put the phone down when you want to write a book. You have to have the daily habit to say, I'm going to do this first and I'm not going to do this. So you have to say yes to the things that, matters most, that matter most. So you can say no to the things that don't matter as much. When I'm writing a book, I write every December. I write a book usually in three and a half, three and a half to four weeks you kidding? That's when I write every book, 23 <laughs> books. <laughs> All right. That's pretty cool. I'm not, I'm, it's not because I'm, I'm special. I get the idea, I get the, the vision. And every morning I get up. And if I check my social media account or my email, I've learned over the years, I can't write. So I have to write first, do first things first. And then second things will expand and increase. C.S. Lewis says that. So first things first. Well, it's to write this book. So I get up, I write. Then I'll go take a walk. I'll get new ideas. I come back. I write some more. When I'm done around noon, boom, then I can pick up the phone. Then I can do the email. And then later on at night, I'll read what I wrote. I'll edit some, get new fresh ideas, jot them down and get up and write again. Doing that for three and a half, four weeks, boom, I write a book. Because it's my one thing. Yeah, My one thing is I have to write a book and nothing else can get in the way of that. But having kids and a wife, as I was writing all these years the chaos and the, and the craziness. My wife often gives me credit. She's like, you didn't go on writer's retreats. It was like, I hear these writers I'm like, well, I'm going to take off for the month and write this book. No, I had to write in the chaos, but I would get up before everyone else got up and I would write before they did. That was my one thing. And then they became my one thing after I was done writing the part I was supposed to write. So that. that's the key. Just and But even now I got my mail. Like now I'm not reading as much because I'm allowing these distractions of social media to get in the way of even reading. So I'm now making a pact with myself, read more, read more, read more. And I'm starting to do that. So I'm starting to read more and more as a result of that. So you have to just decide like what really matters and what do you want to create in a life in terms of a legacy? Knowing how you want to be remembered helps you decide how to live today. So I often think your one thing should be what kind of legacy do I want to leave? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what matters most? And that's what you're going to focus on each day. And that helps drive the discipline and not let the distractions get in the way.
0: I love that. This final question came from Kimberly Reeves, who's a member of our community. She's got young kids. She read your book after seeing, we um, have Dr. Ed Nottingham, somebody who's in our community who actually recommended us to you. And she saw his post and she start, she read the book. She started sharing it with her kids. How have you implemented this with your kids?
2: Well we have a children's book one word that will change your life for kids. So we Ah, go and so a lot of schools have been doing it where every January when kids come back to school, they're picking their words and we're getting all these different pictures of kids with their words. It's so much so much fun. So we would sit around at a table with our family every New Year's and we would talk about our words for the year. So after we would pick them, we would talk about them. We would do the painting or the picture. We weren't good about the painting every year. Dan and Jimmy were great with that every year, but we, we didn't do that as a family, but we would sit around. And then every week we had a family meeting when the kids were growing up. And so in that family meeting where we'd sit around the table, we would talk about our words and how we were living those words in the Mm. course of that week and any challenges that came up in our lives. We found out so much info from our kids about challenges they were facing, what they were going through just in those conversations. And so the one-word conversations were really important. The family meetings were essential. Now, some people call them, you know, those, those moments dinner. But for us, with my kids playing sports, a lot of times you're not getting together even for dinner because you have this game, this practice, and you're going in a lot of different directions. So making time for that family meeting once a week was essential. And one word was a key part of those
0: family meetings. I love that. I love that. John, if somebody's listening to this, They're inspired. They go, all right, I want to bring more focus to my life. What would you advise they do to get started? I would go to
2: getoneword.com. Getoneword.com. We have a lot of free resources that you could do actually to help pick your word. You can read about other people and how they've picked it. You can see other pictures, what teams have done and offices and companies and sports teams. Hey, when Dabo Sweeney won the the national championship in the NCAA football game, he basically said to millions of people, my word all year has been love. And I told our team, our love for each other was going to be the difference. The Indiana football coach who transformed that program at university, of Indiana uh, or Indiana university, one or the other, sorry, but he literally used one word for his team and every player picks it. They post it on social media. So we have a lot of great examples of people who've already done it. So I would say, go to get one word. We got a lot of free resources there. We got a even an action plan you can use, and then just start putting that into practice. But also get together with, with a friend, a family member, or your family and say, hey, let's do this together. Let's have some fun. Let's pick our words for the year and let's have some fun with this idea. It's a, it's a great concept.
0: I love that. And is that get one word with the number one or all spelled out? All spelled out. There you go. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with John Gordon. The thing that I love about... This idea of one word is that it is so compatible with the one thing. You heard John say that once he knows what his word is, on a daily basis, he wakes up and asks a question that allows him to identify how he can put it into practice. And to tie this directly for you, this is where the focusing question comes into place. When you know what that one word is, on a daily basis, you can ask, what's the one thing I can do to surf? at a higher level? What's the one thing I can do to surrender today? What's the one thing I can do to create a better experience today? And search for the answer. What we know is that when you ask a powerful question, like the focusing question, we don't always know the answer immediately. Sometimes we hit that wall of, I don't know. You have to understand that's when, where your mind stops normally but not moving forward. Because the opportunity is to search past that wall of I don't know. Because when you give yourself the space to search, we guarantee you will find an answer. And when you have that answer, you just whack away at it. What would become possible in your life if you had a word that represented a higher purpose for you this year? And on a daily basis, you just ask the focusing question, what's the one thing I can do? Such that by doing it would make whatever that word is, easier or unnecessary today? Search for that answer. Because when you knock that domino down, it automatically stands you back up with some clarity. And when you have that clarity and you knock that domino down, it automatically stands you up to take action. And what would become possible if day after day after day, over time, a greater purpose was turned into a powerful action that you took? (laughs) everything, everything. This is why we do this show, folks. This show exists to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. And we share stories of people who are living the one thing and other thought leaders who align with the one thing to help you better go on your journey. If this episode has brought value to you, think of one person that you need to share it with and do it. If you are new to the podcast, click the subscribe button. So all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device of choice. And while you're at it, if this episode specifically brought value to you, please leave us a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. It genuinely helps us reach more people and live our purpose, which is to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.